Hello everybody and welcome back to another episode of Noisy Women the Podcast. I am very bunged up so I apologise if I sound a little bit nasally on the intro. This episode was actually recorded a little while ago now so I don't sound nasally in the episode so don't panic. In this episode I'm going to be chatting with Abby McCarthy. Abby is such a wonderful presenter she presents on both tv and radio i first discovered her through our mutual friend sarah gosling who presents for bbc southwest and abby is just such a delightful person to talk to we chatted about all things radio all things tv how she got into doing all of this her career highlight i felt really honored to talk to abby because she's someone i've looked up to for a really long time and to have a really honest and intimate chat via zoom just felt really really exciting for me and I really hope you guys get something out of this too because the conversation is incredibly warming and lovely to understand the world of radio a little bit better after recording this. Apologies for the week off last week, it was actually Christmas day on the day of the podcast normally coming out. I was debating uploading an episode but I decided actually just have a week off, you know the world isn't going to stop if you slow down so I decided to just take a week off but we're back with full force running into the new year and I'm really excited to share with you the next few episodes that we have when they are ready to be released. We have a really strong lineup of badass talent so that'll be coming your way within the new year. I hope that you're all well and keeping safe. I know that this is an incredibly weird time. I had my first Christmas away from home, which was this year because my parents live in tier four and I at the time was living in tier one. So it just made sense to stay in Cornwall instead. So you're not alone. This time is very weird. And if anyone ever needs to have a chat, feel free to drop in my DMs on Instagram. I'm always on my phone and always happy to chat with you guys about anything if you need me to. I hope you love this episode as much as I did recording it. Please feel free to follow the podcast, follow me on Instagram, subscribe, all that good stuff, share with your friends and I will see you guys soon. I'm here on the next episode of Noisy Women, the podcast with the delightful Abby McCarthy. She is someone that I've looked up to for a while because we have a mutual friend, Sarah Gosling from Radio Devon and Cornwall, and also now Southwest on Introducing. And Abby's someone I followed on Instagram. I've literally followed you for so long. I think just from like mutual people and from like the introducing um weekend in London and stuff I always like knew of you and then I was like oh I must must reach out for the new season (laughs) and here we are so yeah hello it's nice to be with you via zoom yes via zoom because 2020 now thank you for having me I really love this podcast so yeah it's an honor to be a guest on it oh thank you and so I said about a little bit in the beginning but the reason I know of you is through Sarah we had a nice little chat earlier about the delightful Sarah Gosling and how you guys first met but um I guess the BBC world seems quite small Sarah always says that she finds it funny as soon as you say to anyone that you work for the BBC you're already like knight in shining armor do you feel the same (laughs) yeah I guess the BBC like does have this certain reputation but especially BBC introducing like we're like all this huge family because there's like 38 shows around the UK but we all get to know each other which is amazing and that's why new music spreads so quickly so yeah it's an amazing organization to be a part of I feel like yeah the BBC introducing family though is is my absolute favorite no I know exactly what you mean though like coming to the introducing weekend that you do in London I've been to that one a few times and I listened to like the intro show a lot when I was in like first year of uni and 
didn't really understand this world. I still am fathoming it, to be honest, but it was like a really nice little insight into knowing what was going on in the local area and like finding new music and kind of just like beginning to discover other people. And then knowing that it happens in like every single like little part of the UK is just such a nice way of like making a, what's the word, like a community and like connecting everybody together, I guess. Yeah, and I love that the fact that wherever you're from, your music can get played on the radio. And it's just such a brilliant system, isn't it? You could be from the smallest, most random town in the UK, but if you make amazing music, you upload it to BBC and Shooting, you could get played on your local radio station like a few days later. And then a few months later, you might be, you know, the Introducing Track of the Week on Radio 1, or you might be getting put forward to play it like Glastonbury or Red in the Leeds. It's just like this amazing machine, isn't it, that's that gives everybody an opportunity. And I think that's another thing that I love about BBC Introducing. It just totally evens the playing field. It doesn't matter if you've got, you know, a huge record label or if you've got this powerful manager. It's just like, if you make good music, we're going to shout about it. And make, well, to be honest, I'd prefer it to be a bit annoying and actually hear about it than never hear about it again. So I guess actually you're doing your job right. How did you get into BBC Intro? So I went to university to study theatre and performance because originally I was really interested in the idea of being an actress. And I'd like gone to the Edinburgh Fringe Festival and done a couple of plays and stuff there. And then in my last year of uni, got really into student radio. And that's where... I basically learned how radio works and learned the craft and started to meet people. So I'd go to talks and conferences and try and basically work out how I could nab a job. And at one of these talks, um, I met Jacob Rickard, who was presenting what is now my show, uh, BBC Introducing in Kent at the time, and just said, you know, I'm such a big fan. I'm I'm from Kent. I listen to the show. I love our scene. I'd love to come and help out on the show if that's possible. So I went in one Saturday, made him loads of tea kind of just soaked up all the information really about how the show worked and then we got on really well and I loved doing it so yeah I just volunteered on the show for a few months I would just help do like notes I'd sort of report from festivals for him basically any like little jobs that would make the show better I took on a few months after that I was so lucky I got the opportunity to cover him on BBC Introducing because he was going on a stag do a stag do and a wedding, which were consecutive weekends, which I thought was bold for the same person. Yeah, that is very bold. I know, right? I mean, my hangovers now last probably about four <laughs> days. So I will not be doing my hen do and wedding that close together. Anyway, an amazing opportunity to cover on the BBC. And then shortly after that, I actually took on the show like full time as a presenter. That was seven years ago now. It'll be like seven years um, in a few days that I've yeah, been presenting the show, which is crazy. It's just, I still, I'm still just like, how do I have this job on the BBC where I just get to like muck around, tell rubbish jokes and play great music? Like, this is good, isn't it? I blag this. That's a pretty feasibly long amount of time as well. So good job. Yeah. It's a well-formed child. <laughs> it is. <laughs> it would be, it would be at a pretty good age at school. What's kind of led from your, because obviously you've started doing like introducing and then from introducing, you've done some bits on Radio 1 and then that's kind of led to like the Good Karma Club and like a bunch of other stuff. Did you ever think that, did you ever think that that was going to happen when you first took on that show? Did you have any like hopes and dreams that you thought like, oh, if I do the show, maybe this could happen or did it just, and you were a little bit like, oh, didn't expect that. That's a really good question, because I think I'm somebody that's really ambitious. I love to think of the biggest possible thing that I can do, and that's what I'm aiming for. 
And I think it's good to do that because that means, you know, you keep motivated, you keep striving for the next big thing. But at the same time, sometimes I have to remember to take a step back and kind of look how far I've come. I did student radio and, and loved it. And it was just me and my mate Emily at uni mucking around on air. And now the fact that BBC Introducing offered me a job and I got to do that show, even that is amazing. But yeah, I've, I've been lucky that I've, you know, got to go on and do national radio stuff, covering a bunch of shows at Radio One. I've done some stuff at Six Music. Like you say, my Good Karma Club night has been going for like five years now and happens at every month. But we do like a UK tour. I've got to take it to America. So I think... I, I always want to just, yeah, test myself and like keep creative and do all these big things. But at the same time, sometimes I am like, wow, this is great. Like where I started to where I am now, like this is this is pretty mad. I do the same thing. I think I think that's why I would probably get on quite well. I'm like super ambitious and I think the same. Oh, I could do this amazing thing. Like now how am I going to do it? Like I don't think about the plan. I'm just like, yeah, I can, to- I can totally do this. And then I like, have to. I have to take a step back and be like, okay, I'm currently doing 85,000 other things. So maybe this isn't, maybe let's like just try and figure out a plan because it's probably not going to happen otherwise. I think that ambition's good though, because it's evidently led you to a really good place now and you're doing some like amazing things and like go Dingo Karma Club, go to South by Southwest. Like that's, that's crazy. Yeah, I know. That was a pretty surreal moment. So that was last year yeah we we did a stage at south by southwest which is the biggest new music festival in the world in austin texas i kind of couldn't believe we'd been asked to curate a showcase that in itself was amazing but then on the night i got this like huge surge of nerves you know when you get like proper butterflies in your stomach uh, just before the show was you know the show doors were going to open and then the whole thing was packed out and we had the most amazing reaction from the crowd there and that was just honestly I was so buzzing that night and it was so surreal because it's a night that that started in London as a monthly gig night and then there we were in in America getting that same amazing reaction but that's the thing a night was something that I'd wanted to do for like such a long time so I had the ambition but I didn't have the plan I was like yeah but how does that actually work logistically how do you find a venue and how do you fund it and how do you do all these things and then I met someone from Killing Moon which is like an, an amazing company they, they're like a label but they also put on live gig nights they make content and was talking to the founder a guy called Atch and I was just like oh I've always wanted to run a night and he was like well let's just do it and I was like okay shall we and he was like yeah we've done nights before you know who to book we'll just help you facilitate it and then turned into this like into this beast something that's like such a huge part of my life and it just started through making that connection really I think often like if you've got the right you've got the right people around you and you've got the right people to be like this opportunity is fantastic or we can help you with this or we can take this off your hands so you don't have to do all of this and you can focus on this bit it's actually incredibly helpful because sometimes it's just a bit too much but if you have the right people who are really good at that I'm very good at I'm very bad at like delegating because I like to do everything myself but actually, I know I'm not very good at my finances. So maybe someone else should do it and I can do all the better thing. You'd obviously do so many different creative projects, as you've said. How on earth do you find time to, to do them all? Or do you find that because you have a kind of routine with recording like the shows, you can fit everything else around it? How, how do you find time management? How do I fit it all in? That is literally the million dollar question. Because sometimes I'm like, I don't know. I feel like 
I always want more hours in the day. But then I think a lot of people want that as well. I think I've got better the longer I've been doing this at like putting certain hours and days aside for certain things. When I w- first went freelance and I had like lots of different presenting projects and I was working at the label and, and running my gig night and stuff as well. I tried to do it all at once and I'd just be like, ah, my head hurts and I can't do this. So now I'm just like really strict with myself. Monday morning is when I do this. I like dedicate a day to like listening to new music and I just I just do it like that. And that and then I feel like when I'm then doing that task, I'm like dedicating all of me to, d- to doing it rather than like my mind flitting between different things. I mean, my to do list are always way too long and I don't finish them but I do feel satisfied when I tick off each one. Most creative people want to do lots of different things, but it's about yeah making sure you do your best with each thing. Yeah, no, I couldn't, I really couldn't agree more. I think it's about, people often say it to me like, oh, how do you fit everything in? It's like, I, I just have a really big planner and I always have it with me. It's, it's here right now and I write everything. And I write in it at all times um, because it's the only thing that means that I get everything done. And if I didn't have it, I wouldn't be very happy. Who do you think at the moment in either your field or in within the music industry generally is who's female, who you think is just absolutely like killing it and doing really wonderful things? Oh, so many people. Um, who shall I shout out? I'd have to shout out Yinka Bikini, who I do co-present my full music show with. She is just like an amazing energy and a lovely person. Uh, And this year she put out her first like feature on on Channel 4. She did an amazing documentary on uh, on Damalola Taylor, actually. That was um, her neighbour. So it was amazing because she got to tell the story of her childhood friend and her neighbourhood in Peckham. Um, so that was an amazing watch. So super proud of her for that. But she does a bunch of different things. She's She runs a magazine. She's entertaining on social media. So yeah, big shout to Yinka. It's been amazing to like both be on our TV presenting journey together. And we always laugh because when we think about like the first show we did at Full Music, I think we were okay, but I definitely think we've got better now. I'd have to shout out the, the ladies of BBC Introducing, the queens who kind of are part of the core team, um, Kelly and Millie. They're amazing and they just are so passionate about new music and are always just thinking of brilliant ideas to keep BBC Introducing really relevant and make sure that it's reaching everybody that it it needs to. So yeah, love those two. Who else? I guess there's so many female artists, isn't there, that are killing it at the moment? I think a few years ago, I found like I was in a rut of like, I, 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 I don't know where to start. But now there's honestly like the list is so long. It's incredibly long and it's actually quite stressful because it's like you try and pick one, there's too many to choose from. There's too many. Maybe that's why I shouldn't I shouldn't try and pick because I was just just updating my Spotify playlist actually just before this. And um, I try and I do a, a playlist called New Essentials and try and put in my like 40 best tracks for the month. And it was like really hard to like whittle it down to 40. I feel like that's one good thing about this year is actually just so much great music has come out. I think because everyone's been inside and so much of a focus has been on, okay, I want to make, so let's just do it. I've heard so many good tracks and I feel like I'm the same. My playlists seem to just be updating constantly. And that's really exciting. It's like overwhelming because it's just so much music. Yeah, I just hope that festivals actually pull the finger out next year and make their bills a little bit more equal. Just saying. Completely agreed. It made me, made me so angry and I just still don't understand why 
there's this issue. I had I've had this conversation with like everyone in the season so far because it's it's something just really winds me up. Is that I completely understand from a musician's point of view how you wouldn't want to be in, on a lineup to tick a box of being female. I like obviously you shouldn't have to be your gender shouldn't be the reason you're on a poster. But Reading and Leeds coming up with a, a with a bill of six headliners with none of them featuring a woman shows no shows no gender at all. And I'm a huge Reading is my favorite festival ever. I, I it was the first festival I went to and it holds such a special place in my heart. And when I saw the lineup, I was like, this has just made me sad. And it I, and like it's just made me sad. And I don't want my favorite festival to make me feel sad. And why can't they do something about it? Yeah, I feel the exact same feelings as you. Because it's like, don't double the amount of headliners, but still make none of them female. Like, what are you doing? And there's no, there's no excuse. We've just been talking about the fact that there is such a wealth of of female talent and non-binary and trans talent too. Like, what are they playing at? I think people want to see themselves represented on lineups. Shake things up a little bit, please. Did you see the lineup that Izzy from Black Honey put together? Um, she put together with a few other like cool ladies a lineup called Dream Fest. It looked so good, didn't it? Like actually brilliant. I I saw it in my feed actually when I'm scrolling, and I was like, oh my god. And I stopped. I was thinking I need to get tickets to this, and then I realised it was one that had like been put together, kind of like a dream scenario. And I just thought the fact that I was so drawn to that without even realising. And I thought so many people would be, you know, they just, it just needs to happen now. For people listening, the lineup included Lana Del Rey, Billie Eilish, Lord, Haim, Lizzo, um, Yonica, The Big Moon, Grimes, Wolf Alice. There was, it, the lineup is like insane. And I was the same. I saw it and was like, this must be real. What advice do you have for anybody in a similar situation to you when you thought maybe at Edinburgh Fringe, I'm going to go into this completely different career to what you're now doing. What would be like a good piece of advice for someone to take away? Oh, I feel like there's a few things. One big thing is don't wait for an opportunity to land on your lap with social media and technology at your fingertips. It's like, if you want to be a presenter, start recording your own podcast from home. Well done you. Or, you know, if you want to be a presenter, start your own IGTV series. Just film it on, film it on your phone put some effects on it and it'll look good enough to to chuck up and start engaging with people there's so much you can do just at home you can start a youtube channel you can start streaming on twitch there's like loads of different things you can do just seizing every opportunity you can and getting your friends to shout about what you're doing if you can making sure you're getting in the eye line of the, of the right people you know going to talks and conferences and stuff and making sure you try and get people's email at the end to try and follow up about certain opportunities i think that's a really big thing just yeah hustle and grab any little opportunity that you can another thing I would say is believe in yourself you have to back yourself 100% because on any journey there's going to be a whole load of no's before you start getting some lovely juicy yeses so you have to back yourself that you are going to get those yeses and you are going to get to that dream place when you do get really famous and you're really successful and you release a book your book is going to be so great. It's going to be action-packed. Because imagine if it was like, hi, I'm Abby, I really want to be a radio presenter. And the next chapter was like, yeah, and I got the job. It'd be like, oh, it's boring, isn't it? You know, you want, you want chapters, you want scandal, 
you want the you want the good and the bad and I think a lot of the knockbacks and no's that I've got have taught me so much a lot of the time it's like you know what this isn't right for me at this point I think it's about giving other people opportunities as well there's this thing I read the other day where it's like a candle loses nothing by lighting another candle and I think that's so nice it's so nice to be able to ignite someone else's passion for something and give them an opportunity because everybody remembers what it's like starting out and that's why now I'm really passionate about helping you know new young females get into radio or get into the music industry we need that we need that to keep the cycle going and to bring through the next generation so I think that's a really nice thing to say actually because I feel like sometimes especially when I was trying to get into whatever the world I actually do is because I still don't really know there was I actually have no idea (laughs) it felt um sometimes it did feel quite closed off and it felt like the industry until you break into it I didn't really understand how I was ever going to get into it I was like there's all these people doing these amazing things but no one really talks about how they got there so I don't really know how to begin to start because I don't know their journey and I think unless you know how somebody began doing it it can be hard to see how you even start doing it yourself and sometimes I don't think it's as simple as oh well just like start talking because if you don't know who to start talking to I think in your head when you're trying to start it just feels like this massive minefield that you can't break into and you feel like you're going around in circles and a lot of people say to me like oh how did you start doing this and like my answer is always I just started messaging people and I was just really bold and was just like I like your music I think you're cool let's take some photos let's begin the journey that way and I think that's a really important way to be is that you've got to again as you said you've got to back yourself because if you don't have any if you don't have any faith that what you're doing is remotely good no one is going to employ you to do it because they've got they've got to trust you to do their work yeah you have to be your own biggest fan and believe you can do something or like you say why would somebody employ you to do that you you have to like be like I'm the best person for this job I have the passion, I have the knowledge, I have everything. I'm just waiting for my opportunity. Because I think luck comes into things, but I also think it's about the preparation. It's like preparation meets opportunity, isn't it, I think? Oh, I couldn't agree more. As soon as you said back yourself, I was like, we're on the same page. <laughs> I was like, we're on the same Come page. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm the biggest person for that. I just think it's so important. Looking back at like the last seven years, has there been a moment that you've kind of taken a step back out of out of you, wherever you happen to be and been like, shit, this is actually happening. It's like a pity me. I can't believe that said thing is going on in front of my eyes. And if there is, what was that thing? You know what? I feel like there's been a few just because I feel I feel so lucky to do the job that I do. Sometimes even now I'm just like, oh, wow, I'm a presenter. Like this is the most fun. Biggest pinch me moment, I think, was earlier this year actually kind of before the world fell apart I was at the Arias which is like or as we call it the radio Oscars and I won silver for best music presenter which was such a surprise and such a big moment honestly it still hasn't sunk in like genuinely it it feels like the biggest deal especially because when I got nominated I just couldn't believe that because it's like you're being picked out as you know one of the six best presenters in the whole of the UK and looking at my category Edith Bowman was in it and I'm like I grew up listening to Edith Bowman like she is an icon a broadcasting treasure and she's in this category Mr Jam again just a fantastic presenter somebody that has 
championed so much of the music that I love over the years to even be nominated like in that category and amongst such greats was mad and then on the night I remember me and my two producers went down and we're basically just going to have a lovely time have some gins have a dance have fun and then yeah it got called out that I'd won silver I just yeah just could not believe that that felt like a real a real moment yeah I'm I'm really being recognized here like you like you're absolutely smashing it and like so well deserved as well and I think I reckon you must have been well sad you were gin in hand you're obviously just expecting to go and have a really lovely night with your gin and then it obviously turned out for the best anyway but even now yeah just what a night what a lovely what a lovely surprise it almost feels yeah it almost still feels surreal and I think it it always will just because yeah it's such a special thing to win but also I think because basically that happened and then we've all kind of been in lockdown and kind of in the weirdest time of our lives so it also feels like a really weird distant dream (laughs) but I think it happened I'm so glad (laughs) it'd be very sad if it didn't happen and you just had this big dream a little question what's your favorite part of what you do out of everything of the many things that we've talked about what's the thing that you like you just absolutely love one thing that's really hard I am gonna say okay you can pick two if you like can I I need to I think getting to hear new music for the first time is is so exciting like I love being able to go on the introducing uploader hear a brand new song by a brand new artist that nobody's ever heard before and even they might have played it to a couple of mates and their mum or something and then I make them my record of the week on the radio and like their life is a bit different because more people hear them and they start to grow fans and they like start to go on this journey and that's so so rewarding and there's been so many artists that I've got to got to play for the first time who who have gone on to do amazing things so that it just feels really exciting to be a tiny little part of of that journey because I remember so clearly like listening to Zane Lowe on Radio 1 and him playing Arctic Monkeys the demo of I bet you look good on the dance floor on radio one for the first time and I just think hopefully I'm doing that for people now where a new rapper or something and then it goes on to be the artist they become obsessed with and the other thing that I love about my job is interviewing people because I just I'm such a people person and I find people's stories fascinating I could sit and chat to people all day every day so it's interesting being on a podcast like this where I'm being interviewed I always find that weird but it's fun yeah I feel the exact same that's why I love doing this because I just get to hear all of the stories behind the people as to like how they became what they are now which is just such a lovely position to be in because I'm like oh I get to I get to hear it all that's really nice because I messaged you last week and was like oh can we reschedule Tuesday because I'm actually busy now and you're like oh it's fine I'm actually filming anyway and then I saw on Instagram that you're with Arlo Parks and I was like I mean that's a fair enough excuse for bailing on me (laughs) oh I know Arlo Parks what a queen I was like that is completely fair enough (laughs) yeah so glad I actually got to like finally meet her and and hang out with her and interview her because yeah I'm such a big fan of her music and we've like chatted online quite a lot and stuff but never got to yeah hang out she and she's just as amazing as you think she's gonna be Black Dog that's my song of the year I think just because it's so eloquently describes what having depression is like it must be mad if you're an artist there's like a song that you've yeah written in your bedroom about your mates or like your kind of intimate feelings and then it connects with people all around the world it's amazing isn't it especially someone like Arlo it feels like she's such a special like honest 
songwriter and she's quite like vulnerable in her songwriting. When we can go back to gigs, what is the thing that you look forward to on the rider? Like, what is that thing that you see on the rider and you think, oh, I'm looking forward to that? I don't know. Just booze. <laughs> What's your go-to album at the moment? One that you recommend anyone to go home and listen to? Oh, I have been listening to the new mixtape from Pastor Lou, the MC from Coventry, um, called Send Them to Coventry. It's really, really great. Got some really awesome guests on there as well so yeah go and check that out everybody and what has been your hobby that you've picked up during lockdown my bath game has been changed because I now have a shelf in the bath so great right so you can have you can have your wine you can have your snacks you put in your phone you watch a film and then you have a soak in a bath what what a treat literally sounds perfect except I don't own a bath if I did (laughs) it would be ideal (laughs) (laughs) And our boiler's broken, so it's really not practical in any element. Yeah, that's not good, no. You don't want a really cold bath, absolutely not. Thank you so much for chatting to me. This has been so lush. I've really enjoyed it. This has been so fun. Thank you so much for having me. That's all right. Um, I'll leave all of your socials, as I do with every guest, in the description box. So, well, it's like the... I don't even really know what it's called. I think it's called the something notes. Just, Just check it on whatever platform you're listening to this, and you can go follow the lovely Abby over there. Um, and I will speak to you guys in the next episode. I really hope you enjoyed that episode. You can find me over on Instagram at Emily Marcovecchio. I'm not going to try and spell it. I'm just going to leave it in the show notes. That's probably my most asked question is, how do you say my surname? If you're looking for the rest of the season, they're either viewable when you're listening to this, or if you go onto my website, which is www.emilyanna.net forward slash noisy women's one or noisy women's two you'll find season one and two listed there on those sites has links to all of the guests i've had on so far a bit of a blurb about what the podcast is about and all other good stuff i hope you come back for the next episode and it was lovely to have you here